Thank you. I didn't have this. This was my timer. So it was like I'm trying to get a hold of Brian. How long is it? And time's done? You're kidding. <laughs> I had time. So turn to your ones from the last one. I'm going to quickly go here before we start. So we're at number three. We did not get this. Companionship needs caring. And Pastor Brian has the message, so if there's anything you want to copy or read, I'm sure he'd let you do the rest of that. Um, but So I just want to fill in the blanks. Companionship needs caring. This is the one we just finished, okay? Companionship needs caring. And then kindness. This aspect really deals with our attitude. Instead of thinking you're thinking of your spouses with negative attributes, think of ways to put the honey back in the honeymoon, ways of making him feel special. And then Ephesians 2, 22 to 24, Amber went over that one. We're looking at God made it very easy to understand. Your husband must be the leader. Submission means to come under the authority and protection of your husband. Submission is not only action, but attitude too. Both need to be right. God is always concerned for your heart, not just actions. And then please read this next illustration. I won't do it, but read that. It's really good. Gives you an idea of what, what's really important. We can look at the negatives or we can look at the positives. Cool. Companionship forth needs cooperation. And Titus 2, 3 to 5, I just can I just say two words about, not two words, but <laughs> the aged women also that are in behaviors becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children. To be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blaspheme. I just wanted to bring out uh, the fact of that word love is different than agape. That is the filet of love. And when I first realized that, I don't know when, but when I first realized that filet of love is such a, it gives your love to your husband a rounded love. Yes, you know, we know what agape love is. It's active, it's self-sacrificing, it's all of that. But the phileo love is really the companionship. It's the enjoyment. It's the sitting with your kids and playing games with a friend, phileo love. It's like going out to lunch and talking about your day and encouraging each other. It's that whole picture. Agape love is the most important God so loved the world, but that phileo love in your marriage and with your kids just makes it so perfect. And then the very last, Matthew 22, 37 to 40, active love is the key to your marriage, a pure, sacrificial love that intentionally desires another's highest good. So we're ready for session three. And we're still talking about being an overcomer in a race. You're in a race. 
try to think of that as you go through your next weeks and that, that it becomes part of what you think of all the time. This is a race, and I know Pastor Brian preached on that, because I had a couple of his favorite messages that I play over and over again, and one was the one on witnessing. I think you have to go back to last May or something. It's a long time ago, but on witnessing it was excellent, excellent. And the one on, we used it in the last one, I think about um, 1 Corinthians 9, 27 about our body, keeping our body under that was excellent too. So the race, we're in a race, keep that in your mind. We want to continue to learn more about overcoming problems, obstacles, sin, whatever it is that hinders you from living victoriously in your life. In this session, we're going to look at endurance, which is so needed to continue to overcome in our life and not give up. It's easy to be discouraged and decide that living for God is just too hard. Just read the Gospel of John and look at what Christ went through for you. He never stopped loving those that he was sent to preach to, to minister to, to save. We need God's help to overcome the challenges that we meet on our Christian walk. There are challenges. There will be challenges. Think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. How would you like to have been them when they were taken to live in Babylon? They didn't adapt to the Babylonian world, did they? Or serve those gods? Or do the customs that offended God? No. When challenged by Nebuchadnezzar to deny their faith, they stood firm and they showed courage and faith in God. They were put into the fiery furnace, yet they were not alone. They didn't know what was going to happen, but they were faithful to their God. The Son of Man was in there with them. And Nebuchadnezzar was amazed when he looked and saw four persons in that furnace. Daniel in the lion's den. I don't know which is better or which is worse. I don't know to have one. But it didn't stop Daniel from praying to his God like he continued. He wasn't going to change because of the laws of the land. We, can, we don't know what's coming with our government, but we don't change our Christian life because of our law. No way. We stay true to our God. These young men were willing to give their lives for God. They were willing for that. All through the, all through the years, there have been men and women and children that have stood for God. It didn't matter what was going to happen to them. They were going to follow God. At this point in America, at this point, we don't have fiery furnaces or lion's dens that Christians can be threatened to be thrown in. But there are consequences already when you stand up for Christ. Some people have lost jobs for being true. Who was watching them? Can you imagine how far these, these young men's lives and their testimony went? Many of the other Jews would have been encouraged by their life and by their testimony. And it could have caused many to follow him. Even the Babylonians must have been amazed. And we know, if you read through Nebuchadnezzar, he comes to see God as the only true God. And when I read that passage for the first time, it was like, wow, wow, God is able to do anything. First John 4, 4, I think we use this a lot. You are, children, you are God, little children, 
and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than is he that is in the world again. God is the greatest. One day, George Mueller began praying for his friends. After many months, one of them came to the Lord. Ten years later, ten years later, two were converted. It was 25 years before the fourth man was saved. Mueller persevered in prayer until his death for his fifth friend, and throughout those 52 years, he never gave up, hoping that he would accept Christ as a savior. His faith was rewarded because soon after his funeral, the last one was saved. Endurance, don't give up. Doesn't matter how long, don't give up, keep going. From the diary of John Wesley, Sunday a.m., May 5th, preached in St. Anne's, was asked not to come back anymore. Sunday p.m., same day, preached in St. John's, Deacon said, get out and stay out. Sunday a.m., May 12th, preached in St. Jude, can't go back there either. P.m., Sunday a.m., May 19th, preached in St. Somebody Else's. Deacons called special meeting and said I couldn't return. Sunday p.m. that day, preached on street, kicked off street. Sunday a.m. 20, May 26th, preached in meadow, chased out of meadow as bull was turned loose during the service. Sunday a.m. June 2nd, preached out at the edge of town, kicked off the highway. Sunday p.m. June 2nd in the afternoon, preached in a pasture. 10,000 people came out to hear him. God rewards endurance. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. Would someone read that again, please? Dave and I had just assumed that our plans would come to fruition. 
We never thought that one of us might be the earth soon. Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep your heart, guard your heart. Our hearts are fortified by the truth of God's word. That is what will come out when trials come. Do you believe that God is always good? Always? Do you believe his faithfulness, his love, his grace? Do you love him more than anyone or anything else? This is what will come out in your next trial. These verses on trials, James 1, 2 to 4, are tremendous. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations or trials, knowing this, that the trying of your faith work of patience, which is endurance, for, but let patience, endurance, have a perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, mature, wanting nothing. Endurance in the Greek has the idea of remaining under your trial. There's two responses to a difficult situation. You can stay in it and endure, or try to get out of it. God has purposes for these difficult times. Perhaps it's for other people to look at our lives and, and learn or be touched by something. We are to be like Christ, our Savior, our example. We're not to always take the easy path. Sometimes we can do that. We can choose that. God is working his perfect will as we walk through trials. He becomes dearer and dearer. He, he needs to become our everything. Where are your thoughts and state of mind as you endure? Make sure they stay right. Are you looking to be like Christ or complaining? Endurance has the idea of someone under a heavy load and choosing to remain there instead of escaping. Endurance is a sweet and submissive spirit, yet can have joy and heaviness mixed. 2 Corinthians 6.10 As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. We're rejoicing in Christ, maybe not our circumstances, but we can always rejoice in Christ. God has a purpose in allowing these trials we all go through. Endurance helps our character to grow stronger. If we had no trials, we would be weak, puny Christians. Nothing to test or fight our, our faith. If we go through each trial by submitting to God's ways, our endurance will continue to mature. Dave and I learned endurance through trials. Little trials, huge trials. God was faithful. It didn't matter. God was faithful. He had purposes for things that we don't understand. Often we hold our desires and our plans too tightly. We have this planned and that planned. We must take each day at a time, not assuming we have another one. I know I keep bringing this verse. Proverbs 16, 9. Man's heart devised his way, but the Lord directed his steps. We need to remember that. Reading through a different proverb each day helps us glean wisdom from God. This verse I've seen in so many ways. Endurance is such an important character trait that we need to allow God to grow in us. And yes, it does grow best often through trials. 
It's so important we don't look to escape our trials by any means. Wives and moms, as you face different situations, keep in mind God's word and what it teaches. Continue to ask God to help you to continue maturing. Sometimes you learn through mistakes what to say or to do, and other times you'll remember Bible lessons, you'll remember verses, as you memorize them. If you don't memorize Bible verses, they're not going to come to you through your trials. God's not going to make God's word magically appear to you when you have not, when you've not taken the time to learn it and memorize it and review it and keep it in your heart and your mind. God will bring those verses. Those verses are not just to read or to learn or to put in your heart. Endurance builds strong Christians and gets us ready for more difficult trials. That's pretty nasty thought, Betsy. No, there's trials all through life. And you may be blessed. There was a time where I thought, everything was so wonderful, Lord. I can't take any more blessings. Honestly, I thought of that. I think we were on deputation, and people were just so good, and just blessings after blessings. And I thought, I can't take any more. Isn't that crazy? You know, but sometimes life is like that. But we just need to be faithful. I have a letter here written by a son that's standing over there. And remember, when he says some of these things, I'm not puffing myself up. It's just written from a nice son who's no longer in our home who wrote a Mother's Day letter and put it on Facebook. So, And I'm going to leave the picture here so you can glance and see what we were a lot of years ago. 35 years ago, there we are in Edinburgh, Scotland, at the very beginning of our missionary adventure. I was 12 years old, so you can add 12 and 35, and that's how old he was when he wrote that. <laughs> you and Dad had not been prepping for ministry all your life, had not grown up in a ministry family, or enjoyed many of the other benefits that I have had in life. But there you are, ready to serve, ready to spend your lives, ready to live in a foreign country. I see the strength in your eyes, the contentment in your countenance. The youth has long faded from this picture. In everyone's case, although you were still being asked if you were my sister, still into your adult life. That was always nice to hear. <laughs> it's that youthful can-do determination, that confidence in your mission and your God, that devotion to the unreached in a new and different place. I had a front row seat to all of it, and it changed my life, shaped my life, gave direction to my life. I saw the good, bad, and ugly through it all, and it taught me what many of my peers are still learning, perseverance, endurance. It's maybe the most valuable lesson you ever taught me, though I can't recall your sitting me down to teach it. I learned it through your life, through your love, and I'm eternally better for it. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Your children will always rise up to call you blessed. And I see you have a picture, so I won't stick it over there. But you can see we've all kind of changed a little bit. <laughs> Mothers, I've been where some of you are now. I've asked for prayer on a Wednesday night at church a long time ago for people to pray for those days that were difficult with three little ones under four years old. Remember, those days don't last long. And there will be days you'll look back on those days as wonderful treasures. I think about that and how much I enjoyed it. 
back then, and now they're all way bigger than me. Way bigger than me. All my grandkids, um, Joshua's almost bigger than me. Just joking. Um, it's difficult to be faithful with only a little sleep, but God promises to meet your need through all these different stages in our life. Bring your request to the Lord. He's faithful. Write down verses that will be a blessing to you and encouragement. Place them around your house. Learn them. Memorize them so they're always with you. We need endurance for our middle-aged years and for our older years. If we don't learn it, we're going to be the losers there. If we don't learn endurance, we'll struggle as each new trial comes and we'll quit or fight God. Do you know people like that? I'm done. I'm done. I've had it. God didn't. God didn't do this for me. I'm done. He's not good. God is good. If God didn't do something that you asked him to do, he had a better plan. You may not understand it, but God sees the end from the beginning. We don't. We are limited. If we were God, everything would be great. You know, we, everything would be great, but God is not. God teaches us our end is to bring glory to God, our Savior. It's not about us. It's about God and our lives pleasing Him and pointing Him to, to pointing others to Christ. God's lessons are good for us to learn because we'll learn how wonderful our God is. Ecclesiastes 12, 1. Would someone please read that? I never dreamed how amazing and wonderful God would be to me after losing Dave. And sharing that with Brian, his response was, Mom, you knew he'd be good and you knew he'd be faithful. Those are the two things that helped me the most. Bang, they were right there when Dave went to heaven. And I so badly wanted Brian to understand. I don't know, just... I wanted him to understand that, yes, I absolutely knew that God was faithful, God was good going into this situation, but I wanted him to understand that he was so much more faithful and good than I could have ever dreamed he would have been. As much as I would love to have my husband with me now, I've learned so much that I probably would not have learned if he was with me, for sure. My children have been so encouraging and so helpful all along the way. I'm so thankful for them, children-in-law, that I just consider my children as well, um, grandchildren. Remember, Hebrews 12 tells us to run with endurance, the race that's set before us. Two different words for patience. The one is, deal is talking about dealing with patience with people. That's so important because how can we point people to Christ? How can we help people if we don't have patience? If we get upset with them because they're not doing right? And just give people patience too. But the word that we're talking about in a race is the second one. It's endurance. It's you, the little boy. Remember he fell and then he got up. And then he fell and then he got up. And he ran the third time even though he was not going to win. He finished the course. If you fall, if you sin, if you get off kilter, get back on. 
The race is you and God. It's not between other people. Don't look at others' races. Don't envy. Don't um, feel pity for yourself. That's one of the things that will destroy you if you feel sorry for yourself. Nobody has it as bad as me. That's not true. That's not true. There's no trial that's not common to man. We all have trials. I am not unique. You are not unique in what we go through. Some trials are horrendous. You all suffered through Deborah's trial. I know that. You know, the not eating for six months. How can I, I can't even imagine that. But other people have other trials. ALS, which is one of those diseases that I think, oh my goodness, how do people go through that? But they do. They do. Some go through that being victorious Christians. But, um, another important step in growing in Christ is Philippians 2.14. Do all things without murmurings or disputings. No complaining, no arguing, no complaining, none. No arguing, none. Arguing with another assumes that I have all the answers and the other person doesn't. I don't have all the answers. Soon after Dave went to heaven, yeah, I had my mind pretty much set. You know, people would tell me something about how you go through this, you know, <laughs> this morning. Lisa would tell me things, and she told me that the second year was harder than the first. And, and I don't remember if I made a comment to her, but I'm sure I thought, I don't believe it because I believe time heals everything. And I will be the first to tell you that the second year, the year that I'm in, and Jeannie is in as well, is the hardest, is harder than the first year. From everybody I heard, the third year is better. I'm thankful for that. No, you never get over losing a mate. You never get over losing a child. You never get over these things. There's no getting over. But life gets easier. And when you can choose to rejoice in where they are, when they're in heaven, that is 99% of the battle done. So I've learned, I've learned to listen to people, to take counsel. And you may not agree with what they're saying at the end, but listen to them. Because sometimes you can learn that, you know what, I was wrong and they were right. There we go with that again. And other times you may feel that your path is still the path that you would choose. I don't like tears. I don't like to cry. People tell me all the time, it's healing. It's like, I don't feel there's any healing through tears. I'm sorry. But at least I've learned to shut my mouth a little bit more instead of arguing with them. I hate to cry. My whole, if you have time, talk to me. I'll tell you my whole journey through the tears and to joy. And I, my... What I've come up with at the end is, dear Lord, if you can keep tears away and crying away from me, I'll be so thankful. And if not, I'm okay. And that's where I've come to. I still don't feel better after crying like some people do. But listen to people. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning him, concerning you. It's so easy to forget our blessings, the little ones, the big ones. Anytime that you have an opportunity to serve God, to help one of your little ones learn more about them, give a gospel leaflet to someone who may get saved from it, 
It's wonderful. God isn't finished with you as long as you have breath, or you wouldn't be here today, ladies. God's fruit of the Spirit is meant to remain in us, to be abounding, to grow in us, and to fill us, God's Spirit, as we run His race. When our race is done, and only then, will God take us home. Dave's race was done, and God took him home. Galatians 5, 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Imagine running your race with all of these things, truly loving your husband, your parents, your children, enjoying life even when it's hard. And God can give you joy so that you can be a sweet testimony. Joy brings delight into life. Thank God for the difficult times. Thank him for the trials and what he's choosing to use you for. Thank God for those prickly people that you know. The answer to prickly people is to love them and then love them more. It's not to, oh, that person's too prickly. I, I, they're always complaining. Love them. Be kind to them. Treat them with love. And you can be surprised at what God can do. Some people maybe never really have anyone that can love them. Witnessing. Yes, that's been a love in my life since before we went to Scotland. I think much of it was because God saved Dave and I from a life of disaster and wasted years. And although we were saved, I never yielded my life to him nor served him. My life was so wonderful and blessed after God used a trial in our life to bring us closer to him and then to turn around and be a help to others. God isn't finished with me. I've not arrived. You know that if you talk to me long. Um, God, I'm joyful for that. Am I perfect, mature? I consider myself a long way from that. But one day the sin nature will be gone and I'll be in heaven with my Savior. And God is growing me in different areas and equipping me. Have you begun the race? I know you haven't finished it because you're sitting here tonight. You're still breathing. I hope that this thinking of this race makes a difference in your life, that you can concentrate. God, use me through this race. Lord, help me to be a blessing to others. God will reward that. Maybe you don't know where to begin running or how to begin or where even to find the track. I'm glad you asked. We're going to look at that answer right now. It's no surprise as it's the book that we hold in our hands. It's the Bible. I have prayed about what to give at the retreat, and God has laid on my heart something I wouldn't maybe have chosen, but studying the Bible making in depth, making it a part of your day daily. Because I truly believe that there's a lot of people that are faithful in church, um, faithful in serving, that don't spend time in the Word every day. I mean, we had a church and we had people who loved God. Lives get so busy. Time gets so busy. And sometimes it's hard to find time to spend in the Word. And you must do that. You must make time. And that's what I'm here to try to challenge you with. 
to make sure that being in God's Word is part of your daily life. The one of the most important parts. Not prayer, not prayer. Prayer is important. Yes, praying, us talking to God. But don't want you, don't you want God talking to you? He talks to you through God's word. He grows you through God's word. And we've got to be faithful. We've got to find a time. Some of you maybe like me have all the time in the world. Others of you say, that's it, I tried it, it's hard. I got it yesterday, but today I didn't have time. I had to be here and this and that. And it, one of the choices is you can get up earlier. You can do without half an hour sleep, an hour of sleep. Um, you, you just have to set priorities. Only you can set that time that's going to work. And again, it has to be a godly habit. Habit, habit. That may not sound spiritual to you, but godly habits are one of the most spiritual things you can do in your life. To have a time where you memorize, to have a time where you read and study God's Word, a time where you pray, a time where witness, no, as you go, witness. There's not a time to witness, it's as you go. We are, I think that's tomorrow, I think that's the next session that we'll spend more time on witnessing. But it really is important that you think of how am I going to do this? When am I going to do it? And then you put it in practice. If you miss it a day, Lord, forgive me. Help me to get it again. You may be set. Yes, there's times you absolutely can't. That's understandable. But it's just something that you've got, you've got to make. Maybe all you can spend is 15 minutes. Spend that 15 minutes, and I believe you can probably grab another 15 minutes later on. Or if you wake up in the middle of the night, you know what you can do? You can put your iPad or you can put your phone on and play some scripture for five or ten minutes while you go back to sleep. I've done that already. I've done it here. You know, woke up in the middle of the night, okay, you know, and played through the Psalms or something, and then turned it off and tried to go back to sleep. There's so many things we can do to help us to learn God's Word. Memorizing as well, not just reading God's Word, memorizing. Do you have a time where you memorize God's Word? What about those verses you learned 10 years ago? Do you still know them? You've got to review, review, review to the part of your life. They're godly habits that will help you in your Christian life amazingly. Hebrews 12, Hebrews 4.12. Will someone read that, please? That's the word of God. Is that not amazing? Alive, active, powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. Have you ever read something and thought, oh, that's me, God's word. Or you read beautiful verses and you said, where has that been? Write it down, journal. Have notebooks as you read God's word. Write those verses in. Put a star by those you think, I've got to memorize that. I've got to have that at my beck and call when I don't have my Bible.
Bible. God's word is amazing, amazing. Think of all those people, people groups who don't have God's word. Think of Job. I think that was on a previous one. I just had Job and I think I forgot it, unless I mentioned it. Forgot I mentioned it? Probably did. But Job never had God's word. And look at the trials he went through. We go through trials and we have God's word. 2 Corinthians 1, James, so many beautiful verses in God's word that teach us, they all teach us endurance. Just keep going through this trial. There will be an end and the end might not be to heaven for some people, but you can do it because God's gonna walk with you through that. So Hebrews 4.12 is, is just great. It, it discerns the thoughts and intents of our hearts. Sometimes we have ourselves deceived with what we think of ourselves. Second Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's God breathed out the scripture. And it is profitable for doctrine. What's doctrine? It's just teaching. It's learning. What does this verse teach? Okay, I'm learning. That's what it tells me to do. For reproof, some verses tell us, oh, 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 you're not giving thanks in all things. You're choosing what to be thankful. Or you're not a very thankful person. All you do is complain and, and murmur. God's word convicts us. It reproves us. Correction. It corrects us. How do I get back on this road? Okay, I've deviated to this side. Okay, how do I get back on my road of life and run the right way? The young boy fell down. He didn't stay down. He didn't go this way and quit. He got back on the road. And then instruction and righteousness. How do I stay on the road? When you stay on the road the way you began. You get in the word of God. You pray. You me memorize scripture. You witness. You tell people about Christ. That will make you a vibrant Christian. You are not a vibrant Christian if you don't care about people that are dying and going to hell. How can you? Hell. Hell. Eternal punishment away from God and people don't know how to get to heaven. They think they do. They think the Catholic Church is going to take them there. I talked to someone recently. No, the Catholic Church is not going to take at our church the Wednesday night before we left. The Catholic Church is not going to take you. No church. This church will not take you to heaven. You can't get to church by being here with all the services. Only Christ can My Bible studies were so good with that because I do that. And I say, now where was I? And somebody would have been listening and said, there, it's like, thank you. Because I do have a... Instruction and righteousness. What is it? Instruction and righteousness. Instruction and righteousness. Yeah, let's go there. You just stay on this right. You just stay on the right track. And Psalm 119, 105. Someone read that and then verse 11 and then verse 16 as well. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. Thy word I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Psalm 119. It's so long. 
It's so long, but look at it. It's a lamp to my feet. As I walk, you don't know what you're going to do. Sometimes you're crying. You're, you're, the trial seems so hard. How am I ever going to get through this? And you read God's word, and bit by bit, it just gives you peace. Peace, that fruit of the Spirit. Isn't it wonderful that that fruit of the Spirit we don't make happen? I can't. I love joy. I love joy. This my daughter got me. I will choose to find joy in the journey that God has set before me. And I thought, what a beautiful, beautiful shirt. And purple, my favorite. I shared that with somebody this morning. Um, I will choose joy. I can't make, it isn't my joy. If it's my joy, it's just fake laughing, but it's not from the heart. But it's the Holy Spirit that brings joy into our lives. But we can ask God, God, fill my heart with joy. And did I say something about the one time I called up your pastor? He said, I did. It's not joy, it's peace that you're lacking. When it was just a period that again, again, was a sad period I was going through. And peace was never, not, nothing I really ever struggled with. Peace, peace with God, the, the peace of God. But just that word, peace, I was talking to someone before, before we started today about that. Peace is just, just the word peace gives you that peace of God. Peace, yes, peace. I don't have to do anything. Christ has done it all. I need just to sit back and rejoice in that and then serve him as God opens opportunities. God, I've heard God's word in my heart, memorizing again a godly habit. If you don't memorize, memorize. If you don't have a time to read God's word, today, start that. Whether it's nighttime, I'm partial to mornings. I get up early, so it works for me. I'm not a night person. I'm tired. If I'm up at 12 o'clock, I'm not functioning. I'm somewhere at somebody's house or I can't sleep. But mornings, I love mornings, and I love God's Word, and um, I'm always writing, I'm always writing, because um, it just leads me to just want to study God's Word more and more and more, and you never run out, never run out. There's always something that just, this is wonderful, this is wonderful. So God's Word helps us not to sin against you. It changes your life as you're faithful in these godly habits. The first thing you want to do when you plan to read it, you want to make that plan on when you're going to do it. You want to be consistent with that. When a day goes by and you haven't done it, you remember the next day, God, forgive me, help me today. Write a note, set it on your counter. Did you read, read God's word today? Get yourself a checklist where you check off each day or work in your memory if you need to, to get it organized in your life. It's so easy to Google, you know, and get information, but you have to be careful, like with, with commentaries. Commentaries are great sometimes. There are some hard verses in the Bible. I still come up with some of them, and I think, woo, woo, I don't know what that means. You know, so I, I, what I like is BibleHub.com. It has a lot of different old-timers on commentary, 
But I don't agree with all of them. There's one of them I never read, and there's some of them I don't read, and there's others I really like. And I have a favorite McLaren, Alexander McLaren. He lived back in the days of Spurgeon. He was one who, um, I know the word, but I just can't think of it, expositor. He was an expositor and he was a devotional writer. And on BibleHub.com, because he doesn't write on the whole Bible, I've tried and tried that, and he writes on certain chapters, but it isn't like Spurgeon. Spurgeon, prolific. He's written on so much. I love Spurgeon, too. Love much of his writing. Um, so you can ask your pastor or your pastor's wives for some of their favorite places that they go to, you know, when they have questions. If you have a question, I would encourage you if, you, if your husband is a Christian, I would encourage you to go to him and ask him his opinion. He may not know, but he may, that may bring him to the point where he's going to go study so that he can learn to give that to you. That's a good thing. It's a good thing to respect your husband. Maybe he's not, maybe that will encourage him if he's, you know, maybe a nominal Christian or something to get in the Word. Um, the mornings for time, I love, I, I miss them, I miss one of the second time that I miss because in the morning I get up early. Um, I even skip the bunch here. Um, I would study in the morning and I eat, sometimes I found such wonderful stuff that I wanted to share with him and I couldn't wait till he got up to share it with him, and then other times I had questions. What do you think about this? You know, that, and we would sit, honestly, we would sit around the table and get his coffee and poor Dave, and never really made, I did, I did, um, I did make him pancakes sometimes or waffles. A lot of times he got cereal and, and coffee, because we always had the future, you know, to go out to eat. We never went out to eat. We were going to come here, we'd go out to eat, but he did get his teammates every day but um it was we we just that was that was a good thing sharing sharing things with them and it's important for you to do that too um something too in my um amber i think amber mentioned this too about um john if you're thinking of where do you start where do you start with the bible study I always encourage people, John 13 through 17 are those chapters that Jesus used right before his crucifixion to teach his disciples. There are so many beautiful verses in it, started with the, the Lord's table that we call it now, where Jesus explained to them, which they probably didn't understand, about this is my body, this is my blood, and Christ gave himself for us. But then just as they walked on their way to Gethsemane, to Calvary, and Jesus taught them and taught them such wonderful things. Um, what I'm doing now, just to share, maybe it's interesting, maybe it isn't, I've gone to like four or five or six different places. I read a chapter in Job each, each day because I already, years ago, I did... I went to the commentaries and added everything good, so I get those papers, I read it, and then I read that, and it's not overwhelming. You know, one chapter, poor Job, who never had God's word, but yet he was such a blessed 
such a blessed man. Um, and then I'm picking other ones. I am reading through the whole Bible, but I don't have a timetable. And I am reading now, I am reading now um, Leviticus, you know, which I read one chapter a day. It's not, it's not as exciting, but it's in God's word. Um, I could look that up, but I don't. I read through that, but go to the psalm, try to do a psalm, try to do a proverb, try to be in one of the Gospels or Acts, and Revelation, 1 John, sometimes I repeat these. But that's just me. You can choose whatever you want to do. I like that. I'm really enjoying that. You know, instead of just reading through one book at a time, but there's no right way. It's whatever you choose to do. You can mix it up and you can, and you can change it. So, um, yeah, just learn, learn God's word. Remember again, let me, let me encourage you with, to do a topic notebook. Let me encourage you to do that and pick topics you need to learn. What do you need to learn? If you're a wife, definitely marriage. You know, look it up. Even sometimes Google illustrations. Some illustrations are great. Illustrations, quotations, I guess I'm thinking of. Quotations from men or missionaries. So, okay. Um, I pray that God will bless God's word to you. That you will devour it.